Blog Talk Radio.
Messiah, Jehovah, the mighty God. Welcome to Miracle Internet Church. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and I'm happy that all of you are here in the name of the Lord. Amen. And a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian, Protestant, non-denominational Internet Church. And we meet on the Internet every Wednesday evening and Friday evening at... 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America. We want to thank you for all that you're doing to support this ministry. Amen? And we also meet on Sundays at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the U.S. And uh, we uh, we celebrate Holy Communion at the beginning of our services. So if you would like to join us, we'll be here on Sunday morning as well. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're listening to us and you you want to listen to us live while the uh, broadcast is being recorded, you'll need to use area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. That's area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, um, this has been an interesting time of year for us. All kinds of things are happening Faster than I can keep track of them, actually. (laughs) But God is helping us. He's helping us. And he's helping us do those things that we really do need to do. Uh, I have to remember sometimes things that I used to have time to just spend thinking about and saying, okay, But sometimes God reminds me, amen, and that helps too. I want to um, thank everyone for their kindness, their support, their love. And um, we're going to have a good time in the Lord tonight. The Lord has some things to say to us, and there are things we need to hear. You know, sometimes God wants to say things, And we don't really want to hear that. We'd rather hear something else. But it's always important to pay attention to what God is saying. You're going to need it. You're going to need what he's saying. You can't afford to just, oh, I don't want to hear that, and not listen. It's going to cost you if you choose that avenue. So I want to encourage you. When God has something to say, listen and listen intently with the desire to obey because failure to listen will cost you in the long run. Amen? Who wants to go 
around the same old mountain one more time. Who who wants to do that? Who wants to go through a season where you went through a trial or a situation or whatever it was, and then you didn't do what you should have done because you weren't paying attention when you should have been paying attention, and so you get to go through it all over again. And you just keep going around that mountain till you get it right. Give God our attention. Amen. We want to pass the we want to pass the test the first time. We want to get it right the first time. We don't want to keep going through this over and over and over again. And for those who need the dream protocol, uh Brother Bill has been kind enough to post it in the chat room so it's there available now. Amen. Amen. Who wants to keep going through it over and over? The same old thing, you know, over. You know, God does not do uh, uh, social promotion. Amen? God does not do social promotion. He doesn't do that. Either you pass the test or you don't go any farther until you do. You're going to stay right there. Amen? So we want to go ahead in God. We we want to keep going on and on with the Lord. We don't want to be stuck in the same old place in God. Amen? At least I don't. So I would hope that everyone else would have that same disposition and determination that we're going to go on with the Lord. And we're going to do whatever it takes to go on with the Lord. We're not just going to say, okay, I heard that, Pastor. No, we're going to actually do it. We're going to actually do it. Amen? God does not grade on the curve. That's right. He doesn't do that. He does not grade on the curve. You can just forget it. That's right. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and he was not playing. He didn't cut one second off those 40 years. So let's get serious, and let's do what God's calling us to do. Amen? Amen. It's for our benefit. I guarantee you it's for our benefit. And you know he's going to help you out. When you get stuck, you know he's going to help you out. So there. There you have it. You can do this. We can do this in Christ. Amen? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, God is preparing us for things to come. So we ought to listen. You know, he tells us not to allow our hearts to be troubled, but to believe in him. And he means it. We actually have to get down to the work of actually doing that. He says, do not allow. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Well, what does he mean? He means don't allow your heart to become troubled. Keep believing in him. That's what he means. Keep placing your focus and your attention on him and on the promises of the word of God. Don't allow your thoughts 
to go someplace else. Don't allow your thoughts to drift into fear and to doubt and to uncertainty and into unbelief. Don't allow your thoughts to go into depression. You know, you have the right to speak to your emotions and command them in the name of Jesus to line up with the word. That's right. You know, we talked the other night about when we have an attack at the onset, we're just, some of us are just sitting there doing nothing. You know, we know it's an attack, but we just don't do anything. That's called passivity, and it's a sin. We're supposed to attack the devil at the onset. And so you know when those thoughts start to come, and you know when they start to churn up certain emotions. And you know right then and there you need to pause what you're doing and deal with the situation right then, right there on the spot. You know that. But what do you do? You allow yourself to get distracted doing something else, and then you're doing something else, and then you're doing another thing, and then find more other things, and then you forget what you should have been paying attention to. And before you know it, the devil's right on top of you. Amen? Amen. So let's get a better grip on this. We've been through this before. We know how to stop the devil immediately. Let's get a a better grip. Let's pull our minds away from distracting things. Amen? Let's pull our minds away. You have authority over your own mind and your own thoughts. You just have to do it. You have authority over your own mind and your own thoughts. You just have to do it. That's right. It's the truth. The Bible says that though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us, Lord. You'll stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and you'll save us from all of our troubles. We want to thank you for that, Lord, because you're so good to us. Thank you for being our stronghold in the day of trouble, and we place our complete trust in you. Father, we believe your promise that all things really do work together for good to those who love you and those who are the, are the called according to your purpose. We bless you, Father, for we know that you're the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, the God of all comfort. We thank you for comforting us in our times of trouble, tribulation, trial, and testing. Help us to comfort others in the same way in which you are comforting us. Our help comes from you, Lord. You are our all-powerful Father who made heaven and earth. Thank you, Lord. We are glad as we rejoice in your mercy. We know that you are aware of the situations and issues that we face. And because you are, we are able to come boldly before your throne of grace, realizing that we will receive your mercy and your grace to help us in the time of need. So we obey you, Lord. We humble ourselves before you by casting all of our cares upon you because we know that you care for us. We know that no weapon that is formed against us will be able to prosper because this is our heritage. This is our inheritance as your servant. 
And so we thank you and we give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you. Oh, do we thank you. Without your mercy, without your grace, we would all already be in hell. Situations on this earth, Lord, look very much like the conditions in the day of Noah. Before the flood came and you took all but eight away, we're so very close to being exactly like that. It's almost frightening, Lord, when we see how close we're coming to it. But we know that you're standing in the gap for us. We know that you're listening to our prayers. You, you hear our hearts. You hear our hearts cry. And that you're going to save the remnant. You're going to save the remnant. Amen? You're going to save the remnant. We want to thank you for touching us, Lord. We want to thank you for healing us. We want to thank you, Lord, for every good and perfect gift that comes from you, Lord. We're all at different stages of growth in different areas of our lives, but, Lord, we're all growing. And we thank you for the new growth. We thank you for that which is to come, because you say that when we bear fruit, you prune us so we can bear even more fruit. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We will not fear. Amen. For the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. Amen. We will not be faint of heart. We will not spend our days in anxiety and stress. We will not run all over town trying to get everybody we've ever thought was a Christian to pray for us simply because we won't put forth the effort to believe your word. We're going to settle down, Lord, and we're going to grow in faith. We're going to actually decide to believe you and to trust you to do it. Amen. Amen. We're not going to be afraid of people or what people can do. We're not going to allow the devil to harass us with nightmares and other terrors. We're not going to allow the demons to torment us with if it coulda, woulda, shoulda. We're not going to resort to despair and rejection and hopelessness. We're not going to mourn excessively, nor spend all of our nights awake when we should be asleep. We refuse to continue in the pot of self-pity, Lord. There's no victory there. Nor in depression, there's no victory. No victory there at all. We will not harbor roots of bitterness. There's no victory there. And our hearts will not be allowed to stay broken while we just sit there and pet them forever rather than submitting them to you for healing. We know that by the stripes of Jesus, we have been healed. So broken hearts do not last forever. That situation comes to pass. We're going to wake up 
and realize, Father, all that you have done for us through Jesus Christ on Calvary and that you have made provision from the foundation of the earth for every situation that we're ever going to encounter. And when we get our minds off of ourselves and focus on you, we will be able to see the glory of God moving in our lives. We want to thank you, Lord, that we can choose. We can choose to keep looking at the situation as if staring at it is going to change it, or we can choose to look to you and watch you move on our behalf. We want to thank you, Lord, that we're learning, that we have power and authority to tell ourselves to stop sinning. Command ourselves to line up in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that the word reminds us that we have to rule over our own souls. We cannot just allow our wills to do anything and to wallow in self-will instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. We can't allow our imaginations to just roam everywhere. We can't allow thoughts that the enemy plants to drag us down. We're responsible, Lord. And it's time for us to take up the banner of responsibility and do what the scriptures tell us to do. We want to thank you, Lord, for increased obedience. We won't just sit there and go, oh, I'm hurt. No, we'll get up and we'll seek you till we get the breakthrough that we need. We want to thank you, Lord, for bringing greater maturity to the saints so that we get up and actually do something about our situations when we can. We thank you, Lord, for praise and worship. We thank you for prayer because no matter what happens, we can praise your name. We can thank you. We can worship you. We can adore you. We can magnify the Lord no matter what comes our way. We want to thank you, Lord that we're not going to sit here anymore as if you have not taught us how to do spiritual warfare. We will do spiritual warfare every day of our lives. We're not too tired to do spiritual warfare because the enemy is waiting for a lapse in service. We know our duty, and we're quick to it. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. To whom much is given, much shall be required. You're requiring us to do what you've taught us. No longer will we sit back and say that the demons just don't respond to us because we don't want to do our own spiritual warfare. Won't happen anymore, Lord, because we're taking responsibility for our attitudes of unbelief. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We want to thank you, Lord, that you're changing us moment by moment, day by day, as we refuse to be unyielding to your Holy Spirit, and we insist on dismissing our stubbornness and willful ways. We want to thank you, Lord, that we're bowing down before you. We're worshiping you, Lord, not just in a song, 
but in heart, attitude, and change of disposition. We're going to do what you tell us to do. And you're not going to have to keep reminding us either. We're going to do what you tell us to do, when you tell us to do it. And we're going to be happy to do it because we are serving the true and living God in Jesus' name. We want to thank you that you work in us to cause us to will and to do of your good pleasure. We want to thank you for it, Father. We thank you for every help and every assistance that you give us. We thank you, Lord, that if we'll submit ourselves to you and allow you to judge our heart, you will show us what is right and what is wrong. We want to be right, Lord. We want to walk in agreement with you. We want to experience your power and your might and your spirit and your love and your grace all at one time. We want your counsel, so we won't shun it and push it away. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us to live like Jesus lived in Jesus' name. We want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, with all of our heart. And we're not going to lean to what we think and how we think it ought to be. But instead, in all of our ways, we are acknowledging you so that you can direct our path. We're not going to think we're such a suchy much. We know it all. We're not going to be wise in our own eyes. We're going to fear you and depart from evil. We're not going to think that we're so smart and we've got it all together that we can't crash and fail. It's just not so. So, Lord, we're not going to take credit for doing things as if we did them by ourselves. We're going to humble ourselves and admit that it was only by your grace. We thank you. We give you praise. We're not going to be hypocrites either, Lord. We're not going to show respect of person. We're going to love each saint, not just certain saints. Amen? We're going to love every single saint, not just certain people. We don't have cliques in this ministry in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord, for the love that runs from breast to breast that's been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We want to thank you and give you praise for it, Father, in Jesus' holy name. We thank you for the armor of God, and we take the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We put on the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper, and every tongue that is risen against us in judgment, we shall show it to be in the wrong. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. We thank you that the word of God surrounds our entire lives. You're our shepherd and we will not want because you supplied all of our needs according to your riches and glory. Yes, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
Yes, we can cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Yes, we can bring every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, we can. Yes, we can cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us. Amen. Yes, we can do the word of God. Yes, we can come away from ungodly association. Yes, we can leave aside worldliness. Yes, we can put our rebellion under the feet of Jesus. Yes, we can. Yes, we can do something (coughs) about some of the errors of our past, and we will. Yes, we can repent in true sincerity, transparency, and truth. Yes, we can say more to you than, oh, I'm sorry for my sin. Yes, we can be honest honest with ourselves and honest with you and honest with others. Yes, we can come out of the shadows and walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Yes, we can. We can and we will. We can and we will. Yes, we can overcome. The overcomer lives within us. Yes, we can and we will overcome. Yes, we can walk in agreement in the spirit. Yes, we can. Yes, we will. Yes, we can overcome our bad habits. Can. Yes, we will. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things become new. Yes, we can. We're going to stop just listening. We're going to do it. Yes, we can lose weight. Yes, we can gain weight. Yes, we can walk in divine healing, and we will. We want to thank you for the blood of Jesus that says, yes, we can. We want to thank you. For the blood of Jesus making a way for us when there was no way. We give you praise for the love. We want to thank you for the love that surpasses all human understanding. We want to thank you for the peace of God. We want to thank you for the word of God. We want to thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. We want to thank you for your very presence and all the attending angels in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for every provision that you've made for us. We want to thank you for the Holy Spirit. We don't know everything, Lord, and we're going to change that self-willed behavior. We're going to learn to be led by by our emotions, not by our thoughts and not by our sinful desires. We're going to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
Yes, we can, and yes, we will. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. Yes, we can learn to close our mouth. Yes, we can. We can and we will. Yes, we can. Yes, we will. You can learn to bind the devil. Yes, you can. Yes, you will. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. We take authority over the devil, and we take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his powers. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down. Yes, we can close those open doors of access to the enemy. We can and we will. And we won't open any new doors. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and the workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains in darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. They are bound in Jesus' name. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking, reporting, listeners, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar, electronic, digital, technology demons, and all of their attacks. Every familiar demon is bound. We bind Leviathan spirits and their attacks, brainwashing spirits, kundalini spirits and their attacks, water, marine spirits, sex devils, unclean spirits, passive devils. And all of their attacks, we bind them in the name of Jesus Christ and send them back according to the covenant. We bind all pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, smart dust, drone spirits, sorcery devils, seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer, and all of their attacks in Jesus' name. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils in their attacks, all mystic rituals in their intent. We bind all debilitating sonic frequency attacks and the work of every druid in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons and their attacks, the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injury, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons, all artificial intelligence, sleep deprivation, pain-afflicting spirits, electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, technopaganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind force feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, 
pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, and binding all vibrations, which are demons. Amen. We are binding all microwave frequency weapons, 5G and components, everything coming off the satellite, the cell towers, and through our devices in Jesus' name. Overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts, Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Islander, Rukete, globalist cabals. We bind them all in the name of Jesus. Each and every spirit involved, we bind it in the name of Jesus and chain it with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We bind tribal rituals, cultural rituals that are sin in the name of Jesus Christ. Rituals from indigenous groups, tribal groups, nomadic groups in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind every animal sacrifice in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind our Caribbean, Latin American, Jamaican, Haitian, and Islander, black and white magic in the name of Jesus Christ. And we send it back where it came from. It has no business bothering us in Jesus' name. No business bothering those who are heirs to salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We take authority, dominion, and power over the works under the sea and the inhabitants thereof. We bind the works and the inhabitants in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We bind all Morgellons attacks and every and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption. Worldwide, we bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, and witchcraft dedication. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, or rikisa, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, spirits of supplanting, the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts logic, science, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to sabotage, spy, destroy, infect, wear down, mock, lie against, manipulate, harass, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, monitor, track, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, intimidate, Assassinate, divide, defile, corrupt, 
confine, confound, undermine, attack, reproach, despise, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools, the spirit of the fool. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind food, lust, addictions, and gluttony in the name of Jesus. We return to sender according to the covenant. All and every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vows, root work, or sin against us, astral projections, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights, returning to sender all witchcraft attacks through the channeling and the satellite against the website. Returning to the senders, all wizardry, all black magic, all jujus, and all tribal rituals that are in the occult and witchcraft in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Father. We bind all vampires, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, the Great Reset, make-believe, fantasy, fables, enchantments, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors and the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic practices, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, Death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, bio-PK, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind you. We bind the king of pride and all of his works in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, food, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, unyielding, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin in Jesus' name. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilic, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Isis and Osiris, and all false deities in Jesus' name. We bind Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72 in the name of Jesus Christ, and we chain you with eternal chains under darkness. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, psychic weapons, promptings, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, pledge, and vow. In the name of Jesus, the powers they use, and also that of the associated organizations in Jesus' name. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the insanity and pride and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind the work of errors in our life. We bind being misled. 
we return and loose all the retaliation of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, and the grips in Jesus' name. We bind our traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control. In Jesus' name, we bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief and accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we have come to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Amen. We bind the demons coming through the computers and the cell phones and such devices in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We disconnect ourselves from every demon that followed us, was sent to us, or transferred to us. We bind them in the name of Jesus Christ. We send them into the spiritual cage in Jesus' name. We command them to leave and not return in the name of Jesus Christ. Every ungodly thought, thoughts that just don't please you, Jesus, We cut ourselves free from it, we bind it, and we bring it subject to the name of Jesus Christ right now. It's not going to stay. Amen. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority, and all true Christians everywhere. We pray for persecutions and those that were left behind in Afghanistan. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We cover ourselves and all of our transportation and our vehicles, whatever they may be, with the blood of Jesus, and especially uh, the road, the airways, or the waterways that we use uh, to transport from one place to another. We take authority, dominion, and power over all the possible accidents, collisions, or other calamities or accidents that could possibly occur, and we bind them in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that your angels have gone ahead of us to prepare us and to prepare the way for us. We pull out, yes, we do, in the name of Jesus, every voodoo pen, all fiery darts, pens, needles, spears, witchcraft, and everything sent to us, and we send it back in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, we do. We return the evil being sent in the name of Jesus. We don't just wait till Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays either in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. We cut ourselves free from all ungodly silver cords, ley lines, soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, 
pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other form of agreements, the demonic realm. We break down and destroy walls of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and liars in the name of Jesus Christ. We break the power of every love spell, vex, hex, curse, fetish, psychic thoughts, or witchcraft, sorcery, voodoo, magic, mind control, jinxes, potions, sickness, pain, torment, prayer chains, ungodly prayer chains, incense and candle burning, spells and charms, you know, you all need to be careful about these bracelets that come from all kinds of places, and a lot of them have, have had powers worked on them, and you have a tendency to put them on, leave them on, they stay on while you sleep, while you shower, you need to run that by Jesus Christ first. Amen? Praise the Lord. And don't just be accepting stuff because people want to give it to you. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. We bind incantations, enchantings, and ungodly blessings, tribal rituals, and sin. Oh, Customs from archers that are not of God. They're from a different God, a different spirit, not the Holy Spirit. We repent, Father, for making excuses for not obeying the word of God in that regard. We break the power of every bewitchment in the name of Jesus. We break the power of every form of mind control over our own minds. We have the right to possess the sound mind that Jesus Christ gave us. We take possession now in Jesus' name. We bind brain fog in Jesus' name. We curse it at its root. In Jesus' name. Confused mind. God is not the author of confusion, but peace. Distracted mind, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We are single-minded in Christ. We bind dementia in the name of Jesus. We bind Alzheimer's in the name of Jesus. We bind every mental disorder, ailment, and disease. And weakness. In Jesus' name, we possess by faith the mind of Christ. Yes, sir. I was recently talking to a Christian who admits to playing those games on the internet using their cell phone and they're quite involved in it playing um 
chess and other games that they have on the Internet where you can just play games. An adult. And when it's time to retire for the evening and set it aside, when they lay down to rest, the games are still playing in their mind. Why? Because the demons from the game have now entered into the mind and are taking over and possessing parts of the mind. If you have done this, you need to repent. If you're one of these people that play these games on the phone, that have done virtual reality, if you're one of these people that have spent a lot of time playing video games, you need to repent. The Bible says that you are to love the Lord your God with all of your mind. And you cannot love him with all of your mind if you're continually giving it to the devil. Amen. If it's constantly on what's on the tube and not on the Lord, you're in sin. And you need to repent in the name of Jesus Christ. If you can't sit down without picking up your phone to flip through it to see everything that you think is going on in the world, you just got to do this. It's something you just can't put down. You can't shut it down for a whole day. You just can't do that. You are in sin, you are in bondage, and you need to repent in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. You have mind-binding demons now, and it's because you let them in. Some of you play solitaire on the phone until all hours. You just spend an exorbitant amount of time doing that. You need to repent. Some of you is candy crushing. If it's not bad, it's something else. God can't get through to you to talk to you because you're so involved with something else. Amen. Amen. We bind all tribal rituals and sins in the name of Jesus Christ. Root works, yes. We bind all spirits of wizardry, sorcery, jealousy, hatred, bitterness, murder, violence. You will not be able to use the people and Miracle Outreach Ministries anymore. Father, for those who will repent, I ask that you break the yokes in their lives and give them liberty in their souls, that they may be free to repent. Thank you, Lord, and show them every evil work and every evil deed that they're guilty of in Jesus' name. Convict their hearts into repentance, Lord, and bring these souls out of darkness. We give you praise, glory, and honor for it. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, Whoso confesses and forsakes their sin shall have mercy. The Bible also says, Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. The Bible says, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. We are warned of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Our bodies belong to God. They belong to Jesus. They're his personal property. They're not the depository for as many tattoos as we can afford to get done. Amen? If you've got tattoos, you have sinned against the Lord, and you need to repent of your sin. You've sinned against yourself. you sinned against your body. Amen? Amen. Amen. As Satan, we are closing every door that you may have opened in us for evil contact. Jesus Christ became a curse on the cross for us and blotted out the handwriting of ordinances against us. Amen. We break the curses all the way back to Adam and Eve and destroy legal holes and grounds that the demons have to work in our lives. Amen. Oh, we bind those spirits, the power that those spirits use, and we loose ourselves from their hold. We break off demonic soul ties in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for it, Father. We thank you, Father, for healing us from the works of demons. Amen. Amen. We thank you for stationing your angels all around us, all the time, over us, to take care of us, to help us when we are in need, Lord, to answer your summons on behalf of your children. We thank you, and we release the wisdom of God over the people of God, and everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Our featured psalm for this evening's worship service is Psalm 35. Psalm 35, our verse for meditation, comes from the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And our featured ebook is the value of the blood of Jesus Bible study. Whoever this is, there's somebody here that the Lord has given you specific directions to follow, and you keep putting it off, and you keep putting it off, and you allow yourself to get distracted, and you keep putting it off. The Lord says to obey him. Amen. Amen. 
He says, obey him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Our guest call-in number remains, area code 319-527-6235, and press 1. So tonight, saints, the Lord wants to talk to us. Amen. About his nature within us. His nature within us. His nature within us. Saints, there is much more to God and to this life than feeling. Feeling. Most of the worldly music is about feeling. Well, God did not call you to live your whole life out of your feelings. Feelings are not supposed to dictate to you what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. The saints of God, the people of God, are to be led by the Spirit of God, which means they need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit and following him. You cannot follow your emotions and the Holy Spirit simultaneously. I think you know what I mean. Most of the time, and that's almost all of the time for some people, you're in your flesh. You're in self. You're enrolled in self. And so whatever emotion you're experiencing, that's what dictates to you how you ought to feel, what kind of day it's going to be to do, and what you think about this. Well, that's just not it. The Bible says to walk in the spirit so that we will not fulfill the evil desires of our flesh nature. Well, we're supposed to do that. Amen. We're supposed to accomplish that. If you allow too much weight to your feelings, you will miss a lot of God. If you allow too much weight to your feelings, you will miss a lot of God. God is not a feeling, a spirit. The Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 24. The Gospel of John, chapter 4, Verse 24, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 24, God is a spirit. I know some of you thought that God was a feeling, but he's not. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must. See the word must? That means there's no other alternative. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That means both of them, in his spirit and in truth. 
It cannot be one or the other. It must be both. Amen? The powerful word of God is many times better than feeling. The powerful word of God is many times better, so much better than feelings, mere feelings alone. When you are born from above, when you are born again of God, a divine revelation comes within you. And you realize that you are different to realize that you are different, that you are not the same as you were before you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're different. You can tell the difference. Something has happened inside of you. Something has happened on the inside of you. You perceive faith. You perceive faith. When we are born again, we have a new faith. It is not religion. It is faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. You see, if you're going to relate with God, you have to relate with God via faith. You can't relate with God. You can't walk in agreement with God in fear, in doubt, in unbelief, in intimidation, and all of those other sins. In order to relate with God, You must relate with him by faith. That is why the just shall live by faith. This is how you relate to God, through faith. For he that cometh to God must believe. See, there's another one of those must words. It means there is no other alternative. He that comes to God must needs be believe that he is. And, see, it's two parts again, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder, those who diligently seek him. That's right. And he is. He's faithful. In every way. Because of the presence of the Lord in you, God reserves you for himself. He sets you aside as special to him, 
and he reserves you for himself. Because you are godly, he sets you on high. Because you have known his name. Psalm 91, verse 14. Psalm 91, verse 14. Psalm 91, verse, because he has set his love upon me. You see, this is something you do of your own volition. This is something that you do as an act of your will. You choose and you decide to set your love upon God. You know, there's some people that try to be Christians without doing this. It doesn't work very well. You have to choose and decide and will to love God. That's right. And if you don't, there will always be something that you love more than God. And that's idolatry in your life and at work. When we choose deliberately of our own free will to set our love upon God, he says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. See, God makes a difference between those who just say that they're Christians and those who have actually set their love upon him. And it's the ones that have set his love upon him that he actually delivers. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's part of the deliverance formula right there. I will set him on high because he has known my name. We have the name that is above every name, every name. Praise the Lord. Amen. God then causes you to be the fruit of his loins and to bring forth his glory so that you will no longer rest in your own abilities, and in yourself. God then causes you to be the fruit of his loins and to bring forth his glory so that you will no longer rest in your own abilities and in yourself. Amen. First John at the back of the Bible, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. It's important 
that we want to be like him. That's not one of those uh, Christian catchphrases. No, it's something that we grow toward, being like him. Imitators of our Heavenly Father as dear children. You know, there are people that say that they are Christians that are not all that interested in being like God. That's not such a good idea. It's important to want to be like God, to want to walk in agreement with him to want to reflect who he is so that when others see our lives, they see him and not just our human imperfection. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Second Corinthians chapter three verse seventeen. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You know some of us correction, all of us, have been granted liberty. By the actions of Jesus Christ when he died on Calvary and rose again. We've been given liberty, but we don't walk in all the liberties that we've been given. But that's another sermon. We'll get to that. We've been given liberty, and we're called to walk in all of our newfound liberty. Growth in God brings us into difficult places, saints. Growth in God brings us into difficult places. Plants have to press their way up through the soil into the light. Saints, God is calling us to develop in endurance. God is calling us to develop in endurance. If you must have every answer with microwave speed, you will always be weak in faith. If you must have every single answer with microwave speed, you will always be weak in faith. For the Bible says that it is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. That's right. That's what God requires. So we can't come up short and expect to receive. The development of stronger faith takes time and it embraces many hardships. Hmm. 
resistance, no true strength is developed. There isn't anybody who goes to the gym trying to strengthen their muscles that doesn't have some resistance training built into their routine. Amen? The resistance is part of the, of the strength development program. Our roots grow deeper in the word of God. Our roots must grow deeper into the word of God. Second Kings, chapter 19 and verse 30. Second Kings, chapter 19 and verse 30. Kings, chapter 19 and verse 30. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take root downward and bear fruit upward. We will take root downward and bear fruit upward. Amen? Those who seek the easy way out, those who are always looking for a shortcut or looking for someone else to do their praying, fasting, and seeking for them, will eventually fade away from the Lord. That's right. Those who seek the easy way out, those who are always looking for a shortcut or somebody else to do their Bible study, to do their praying, to do their spiritual warfare, to do their fast, everybody who wants everybody else to do everything for them, and they do almost nothing, will eventually fade away from the Lord. You see, faith is not designed that way. Yes, we have agreement, and yes, we have support from the body of Christ and from the Godhead, from the kingdom of God. But every can has to sit on its own bottom. Every can has to sit and rest on its own bottom. Amen? It's great to have people intercede on your behalf. But you've got to get off your blessed assurance and do your own praying too. You've got to do your own binding and loosing, too. You've got to do your own fasting, too. You've got to make changes in your own life, too. You see, they are not willing to endure the heat of the day. Everybody else is in the vineyard working, and they want to sit under the shade and drink iced tea all the time. They don't want to do any work. 
but they want the same reward as everybody else. Well, not so. You see, they are too consumed with the rewards of this present life to continually sacrifice over extended periods of time. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. But that on the good ground are they in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, Keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. We talked about this just the other day. Amen? Well, you know, I I, I can just cover. No, your grown children have to come to Jesus Christ too. They have to come to the place where they're praying their own warfare prayers too. They have to come to the place where they're doing their own fasting too. They have to do, you see, you can't surrender for them. You can't commit for them. They've got to do it for themselves. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 25. Romans chapter 8, verse Romans chapter 8, verse 25. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we, with patience, wait for it? Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Strengthened with all might. Yes, sir according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. You know, saints, we're supposed to intercede for people to help them to come to grips with Jesus Christ. We are not supposed to be praying away every single thing that happens in their life that they don't like. You see, many of those things are allowed in their lives to get their attention. And when we take it upon ourselves to pray away as much of their trouble as we can, we hinder them instead of helping them to come to Christ. The very things that are allowed and set into their lives so that God can get a hold of them, we pray it away. We oppose our own goals 
And if we continue to do that, there's a judgment for that. Oh, yes, there is. There's a judgment for getting in the way of God. Yes, there is. There's a judgment for getting in God's way. Here you you have people praying for this person to come to Christ. And so Jesus is allowing certain circumstances to be in their lives to get their attention, to, to get them to thinking about him and what the consequences of their behaviors. And what do you do? You decide, oh, here I come with my sword. Let me pray it all away. It's time to grow up. It's time to be more responsible than that. Amen? Amen. It's real. It's real. If we're going to turn people over to Jesus so he can get their souls, there comes a point that we need to get out of the way and let him do it. Amen. And that may mean that they have some uncomfortable and difficult time is the way it is. Saints. If we are to become like Jesus, we must receive the discipline that teaches us not to murmur. You see, one of the differences between one generation and the other generation is the level of difficulty that they experience in coming into full adulthood. They had some trouble. You see, the people that grew up during the Depression, they're tougher than my generation. They're tougher than the generations that came after me. Why? Because they had a rough time coming up. And we think it's our job to be so prosperous that we buy them every single thing. They never have a job before they become adults at 18. The whole time they've been living off the pan. They've never even raked a yard. And we think we've done a great service for them. Well, they don't have much of a work ethic now, do they? They're looking for the gimme, gimme, hand back, and I'm entitled program. That, of course, the parents started. Praise the Lord. We all make mistakes. Amen? Most saints get frustrated in their situations and the opportunities for stress that are pressed upon them. Amen. It's real. It's real. Jesus is real to me. Most saints get frustrated in their situations and the opportunities for stress that are pressed upon them. Yes, most saints do murmur. Yes, they do. But we are going to overcome this, saints. We are going to allow the Lord to so work in our lives that we will never 
ever murmur anymore. We are going to allow the Lord to so work in our lives that we will never, ever murmur anymore. Amen. We will finally be above murmuring. I think I'll let that sink in for a minute. We will finally be above murmuring and complaining and finding fault and scorning. Amen. Murmuring denotes a dissatisfaction with conditions and with the Lord. I know that Jesus satisfies. He satisfies the desire of every living thing. But you see, murmuring tells us of a dissatisfaction with present conditions and with the Lord. Exodus chapter 15, verse 24. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 24. You know, God has given us in this ministry many, 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 many strong warnings about how we handle our mouths. But we're going to finally get the point, saints. Yes, we are. Praise the Lord. We're going to get the point. Exodus chapter 15, verse 24. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now, they had seen all of these miracles, miraculous, stupendous miracles, magnificent, marvelous miracles. They walked through the Red Sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. And then they get to the other side and they murmur against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Well, Exodus chapter 16, verse 2. Exodus chapter 16, verse 2. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The whole congregation. Can you imagine what Moses and Aaron had to put up with? The whole, it was millions of them out there. That's not 15 people. That's a lot of folks. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. That's a lot of murmuring. Numbers, chapter 14, verse 2. Numbers, chapter 14, verse 2. Numbers, Old Testament, chapter 14, verse 2. 
And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? Now, saints, we need to think before we speak. We need to think before we let our mouths open. We need to have more discipline and more self-control than we're presently using. Before we allow our lips to flap, we need to push the button in our minds that says, think about this. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 41. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 41. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 41. The Jews then murmured at him. So Moses wasn't the only one. He and Aaron weren't the only ones. Jesus got a good portion of it too when he came to earth. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. I'm so glad he came. And the bread which came down from heaven. They didn't like it, so they murmured at him. Luke chapter 5, verse 30. Luke chapter 5, verse 30. Luke chapter 5, verse 30. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Now, you see, people need to understand that there are boundaries in life and that every human being has a will. Amen? But the scribes and the Pharisees considered themselves to be above Jesus' disciples. They thought they were in a position to criticize, to murmur, and to complain. And the Bible says that's just what they did. They murmured. Why do you eat with publicans and sinners? Well, weren't they sinners? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. 1 Corinthians, New Testament, chapter 10, verse 10. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Yes. There is a destroyer, and his job is to destroy. And how does he know he's supposed to show up to destroy? 
Well, murmuring somehow seems to beckon to him that this is the place where you should show up. Murmuring seems to beckon to the destroyer that perhaps you need to show up here because murmuring is going on. Mm-hmm. Well, saints, this will change in us if we invite the Lord to do this work in us. Some of us, our murmuring comes out of rebellion. Mm-hmm. Some of us, our murmuring comes out of a lack of submission to the Lord. Some of us, our murmuring comes out of bitterness. Amen. Yes, most saints murmur. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's real. So, At the pivot point, you will hear this. When God finally gets you to the place that you're willing to let go of murmuring for the rest of eternity, you will hear this. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. You will be amazed at what the Lord has done inside of you. You will be closer to the place where God is absolutely the exchanger of thought, the exchanger of action, the exchanger of your inward purity. Yes, our God will be purifying you all the time and lifting you higher. Mm-hmm. Yes, he will. He's a good God. The Gospel of John, chapter 15 and verse 19. The Gospel of John, chapter 15 and verse 19. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. And quite vehemently at that. But I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hateth you. 
The world will no longer have the attraction that it once had in your life. You say, well, I've already lost. There's more. Oh, there's more. You won't be able to fit in the worldly group the way you once did. Even if that worldly group is your family. Mm-hmm. Even your relatives will seem more distant to you. Why? Because you have chosen the path which leads you in a closer relationship with our God. Mm-hmm. Whatever you say will begin to convict people of their sin. Yes, you won't have to be talking about scriptures. You can be talking about something else, and people will get convicted because the convictor is speaking through you. That conviction will cause many of them to depart from you. Really? Yes. Do not become sad. God is at work in you. We must become more yielded to the word of God. That's right. We have to yield more to the word of God. Rebellion and stubbornness must go forever. Me, me, it's all about me, must go forever. Unyielding spirit must leave us, and doubtful hesitation must go. We must decide to part with each of our fears as they surface in our lives. We can no longer hold on to them. We must submit sooner than later. Yes, we will be changed by his mighty power. The easy path does not produce such glory, but the challenges do. The healing that we are seeking from the Lord requires long-suffering. Mm-hmm. Long-suffering. Are you willing to pay the price? That's a good question. Are you willing to pay the price? If God is not allowed to take you through much, you can't become much more than you are. The glories come forth out of hard times, not smooth and easy times. Some of you are too eager to give up. Yes, it starts to get tough. 
you're just too eager to give up instead of to grow up. The word of God will do a deeper work in us. The word will work out love in our heart. When practical love is in our heart, there is no room to boast about ourselves. Mm -hmm. You won't be boasting about how many fasts you've been on. You won't brag about their supposed difficulty either. You won't brag about any skill, gift, or talent that God has placed in you. You won't be bragging about much of anything. Many of our childish ways must be surrendered also. What? I have to grow up? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. As we grow into maturity, we must put away childish things. Foolish things, too. It is not comfortable for God to uproot areas of our lives. It's not comfortable. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 10. Hebrews. Chapter 12, beginning with verse 10. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 10. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he, speaking of God, for our profit, that we might be partakers or participants of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and Holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Mm -hmm. We should not react in anger when the Lord punishes us. We shouldn't become discouraged when he has to show us where we are wrong. When he chooses to punish you, proof that he loves you. When he chastens, it proves that you really are his child. Mm -hmm. 
saints, allow God to train you. Allow God to discipline you. Allow God to correct you. He is doing what a loving parent does. If God does not punish us when we need it, even as natural parents do, then it means that you aren't his son. You don't belong to the family of God. You see, all of God's children are partakers of his correcting power. God's correction is always right and for our best good so that we may share in his holiness. That's the way in. This kind of love produces a quiet growth in grace and in character. After all, we really want to be like Jesus, don't we? Saints, we're going to learn stay out of quarrels. We're going to learn to look out for each other even more. We will be drawn away from our flesh and prefer to walk in the spirit. Saints, we will never be ready for heaven until we learn how to love on earth. We must learn to love the God way. We must learn to love like Jesus loved. We must continue learning as our ways become Jesus' ways. Are you ready? Are you? Really? Ready? Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. That's right. All that envy that I'm talking to right now, it's got to go. Charity vaunteth not itself. It doesn't have the big head and a puffed out chest is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly. It doesn't show out on people. Seeketh not her own. It's about me. It's about me. It's it's all about me. It's about me. What I want, what I feel, what I think. It's about me. No. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Wow. Thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all. Are you ready? I hope so. 
praise the Lord. Are you ready? I hope so. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Brother Bill, we could do for a few praise reports, sir. Can't hear you. Amen. Hello? Maybe he's having problems with his comeback. Amen. So, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. It's a challenge, saints, but God says he's ready. Are you? Amen. So we'll go on for a few moments to our guest call-in. And area code, hold on just a moment. Area code 229. You're on the air live oh, in Jesus' I, I, name. Hello. Hi. Hi. I think I think I heard Pastor Bill. I don't know. Anyway, if I'm on the air. Um, hi, it's Brooke from Valdosta. Good after or good evening, Dr. Sabrina. Um, good evening. I'll, I'll keep it short. I am God's dealing with me the last several days. It's been a wonderful week in the Lord. And I rested really well last night. I think I got some deliverance last night in my body. I'm not just going to call to get out of me. Um, I'm very thankful to finally, finally find a church after all this time. And, you know, the last time I called in, I was still a little bit nervous just because I guess I've just realized just how dark things are and um, didn't want to be impulsive, but uh, I got rid of those items in my house that he showed me and um, some other things. So I'm just finally glad to be a part of a church again and I'm going to do whatever I need him or whatever he needs me to do. And um, I'm just, uh, just thankful that, I guess things are starting to improve with me and my heart dealing with um, forgiveness of others and feeling him closer and closer to me. I did have some blood work done and they have to see endocrinologist. I don't have lupus or rheumatoid arthritis, which is very good, but I know that's demonic. And I always felt like since this attack happened to me in September, it was demonic and it's apparently they've narrowed it down to my thyroid. Um, they think I have thyroiditis, but I'm believing God for healing. And not just from that, but from other things that I'm dealing with. Um, I do have vitiligo as well, but it's not bad. And the Lord has kept it from getting on my face. And um, just certain generational curses with vascular issues that I did inherit. I'm a pretty healthy person, but since September, I've not been able to work out as much. I've been on prednisone, which does keep the hives at bay, and they started to come back when I cut back down to 10 milligrams, and I'm going to have to get a prescription refill next week for that. Um, But I know I'm going to get through this. My little dog is barking. And um, 
I just, you know, I'll, I'll continue to do what he needs me to do. I had a wonderful dream the other night, and I'll wrap it up because I know there's other people um, that need to need prayer. Um, I just, you know, he gives me beautiful melodies, and I did listen to the podcast Wednesday um, and also about the emergency house cleaning you told me about the previous time. And um, Psalm 91 is one of my favorite psalms. I read that over myself every day and pray over it. And he, he gives me beautiful melodies sometimes. And the dream I had the other night was where I could just kind of hear heaven open up and this beautiful music and um, a night rainbow appeared to me in the dream. That's the second time I've had a dream about a, a night rainbow. So I know he's going to come through. I just have to align myself and trust. And yeah, I definitely have to repent of some more things and probably still have to get some things out of my house and out of my life. But other than that, I You're don't know what progress. else to say. Oh, yeah. You're making yeah, progress. Definitely. Very yeah. good. Very good. Very good. We're happy to hear that you're making notable progress. Now, I want to remind you that just because the medical community thinks that you have something, you don't exactly. have to accept that. No, and I have not. You have the right <laughs> no. to reject that. Yes, you don't have to complete mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't have any of it in Jesus' name. I, I know this oh. is demonic, and I want them to let me go and go back to hell where they belong. Um, so, as far as how that happens, I, I know in God's timing, it probably will soon. You just have to keep pressing in. So, um. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank our sister for being open and transparent and candid about her progression and her walk with you. We release the grace of God upon her to continue and to continue in wisdom and with the knowledge that you give her. We thank you, Father, for every encouragement that you send to her to help her. To, to have confidence in you and to have confidence in your word and in your power. We thank you, Lord, that she'll be completely delivered soon. We know that you have good plans for her, a good expectation with hope, and we are in agreement with your plans for her life, Father, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless uh, you. Yes, ma'am. Thank, Thank you. All right. Good night. Okay. Bye-bye. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's try this one more time. Praise the Lord, Pastor Sabrina. We have some All praise right, reports. Let's do the praise report. Yeah, praise right. report. Here we go. <clears throat> NK has one. Praise the Holy Spirit exposed a document tying our marriage to three couples and a person we did not want linked to. It was the receipt of our marriage license application. All the persons in some way cursed us and our union. Thanks be to God it has been destroyed, so now we have freedom to work. To go forward with that with less hindrance. Praise you, Lord. Pastor Sabrina has a praise report. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your interest. I ask you, in, 
I ask that you inform me of your intent that I may walk in agreement. I thank you and praise you for resolving the payment situation. I thank you for the successful medical procedures and healthy outcomes. I thank you for continuing to work on uh, your work of discipleship. I thank you for your help. I thank you for bringing me forward in personal situations. I thank you for you. I thank you for continued help and progressive healings. I thank you for full restoration and recovery for both of us. I thank you, Lord. We praise you. I cover this prayer request with thanksgiving with the blood of Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. I just give you praise. Praise you, Lord. YDM has a praise report. I woke this morning and felt physically stronger. My muscles are stronger. It took me a minute to realize that Miracle Outreach Ministries was releasing strength to all the members during the fast. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the saints of God. M. Trim has a praise report. I thank God for the victory of the enemy that attacked me last night in a dream. I awakened, immediately executed self-deliverance. I thank the Lord for being my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked eat my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell every time. The victory belongs to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Shakira has a praise report. I had taken time away from work because of a director. She had lied about my salary, and on my return, I reported it to the CEO. In the background, they conspired to manage me out of the organization in a meeting where the CEO was lying, laying the law, I felt extremely calm. I didn't get angry. I told her it was unfair and kept a smile on my face, something I would not have been able to do a month before. Because of the Christmas period, I couldn't seek legal advice, so instead of stressing, I decided to enjoy my Christmas. On the day of my return, I decided to push back with others had been afraid to do. I said no. If you want me to leave, you'll have to pay me four months' salary because we agreed that finance part of the apprenticeship includes in March, we're in January, which surprised me because I'm usually anxious when it comes to speaking for myself. I also had been looking for a solicitor and managed to find one on the day who was willing to accept my very last-minute case where the CEO only regretted her three months, so I pushed back some more, and she agreed to the additional 500 pounds. I didn't even end the way I anticipated, but the settlement owned be done to me paid me most of the money they stole from me due to us being close to the financial year. They had to ask trustees for permissions, which flagged them, which flagged it to them, and them agreeing to pay, it was admitting the director's guilt, which she was extremely angry about. I received justice. I've noticed that the way I handle stressful situations changed. I pray the scriptures instead of receiving reactive and refuse to throw pity parties. I am a new creation in Christ. 
praise you, Lord Jesus. And I've been praying about visiting the Caribbean for a while, and I felt really homesick, but now I can finally go home and see my aunt who raised me. I haven't seen for a decade. I'm also sleeping a whole lot better. Praise you, Jesus. Now, Dina has a praise report. Thank you, Lord, for using Intrim to post about homopathic medicine. Thank you, Lord, for pointing out I had a few bottles of homopathic medicine for leg cramps. I immediately located and discarded them. Thank you, Jesus. And Dana has a praise report. Praise the Lord, saints. Heavenly Father is good and his mercy endureth forever. A few weeks ago, Pastor Sabrina shared how she asked the Holy Spirit what to wear. So I did it, but in the supermarket. I have to admit, I'm very particular about the texture of the fruit and vegetables. So usually I take time selecting them, but instead I asked the Holy Spirit to show me which ones to pick. And they were the ones that I selected, even when my flesh questioned a soft spot on the orange. I refused to put it back. God is so good. Those fruits and veggies were amazing. Thank you, Jesus, for being so good to us. Bless your holy name. And now back to you, Pastor Sabrina. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. The Supreme Court announced on Thursday that an internal investigation had failed to identify the person who leaked a draft of the opinion overturning Roe versus Wade. The 1973 decision that had established a constitutional right to abortion. In a 20-page report, the court's marshal, Gail A. Curley, who oversaw the inquiry, said that investigators had conducted 126 formal interviews of 97 employees, all of whom had denied being the source of the leak. But several employees acknowledged that they had told their spouses or partners about the draft opinion and the vote count in violation of the court's confidentiality rules, the report said. The investigation did not determine whether any of those discussions led to a copy of the draft becoming of the draft opinion becoming public. Investigators also found no forensic evidence of who may have leaked the opinion in examining the court's computer devices, networks, printers, and available call and text logs, the report said. The leak, published by Politico in May, was an extraordinary breach of the court's usual secrecy. In a statement soon after, Chief Justice John G. Roberts, Jr., confirmed the authenticity of the draft opinion in the case of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, but said it did not represent the final version and announced an investigation. said the marshal's office would investigate any new information that arose, and it made several recommendations for improving security practices. But it convened 
conveyed the distinct impression that there were enough holes in the system that the mystery of who leaked the opinion might never be solved. I disagree with that in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit knows exactly who did it and exactly how it was done. And God is the revealer of secrets. If a court employee disclosed the draft opinion, that person brazenly violated a system that was built fundamentally on trust with limited safeguards to regulate and constrain access to very sensitive information, the report said. It added, the pandemic and resulting expansion of the ability to work from home, as well as gaps in the court's security policies, created an environment where it was too easy to remove sensitive information from the building and the court's IT networks, increasing the risk of both deliberate and accidental disclosures of court-sensitive information. Investigators determined that in addition to the nine just 82 law clerks and permanent employees of the court had access to electronic or hard copies of the draft opinion. The report said, but in discussing the scrutiny of employees, it did not say whether investigators also interviewed and scrutinized the devices of the justices themselves or their spouses. At the conclusion of the interviews, the report said, employees signed affidavits under penalty of perjury declaring that they did not disclose the draft opinion or information about it to anyone not employed by the court and that they had said everything they knew about the disclosure. The marshal wrote that investigators had looked for signs of disgruntlement or stress including anger at the court's decision. In an apparent nod to speculation that a conservative may have leaked the draft to make it harder for any of the five justices who seem likely to vote in the majority to change their minds, she also wrote that they had carefully evaluated whether personnel may have, been, may have had reason to disclose the court's draft decision for strategic reasons. The report also said that investigators had especially scrutinized any contacts with anyone associated with Politico and assessed the public speculation, including on social media of possible suspects. Several law clerks were named in various posts, the report said. In their inquiries, the investigators found nothing to substantiate any of the social media allegations regarding the disclosure. During the inquiry, investigators had collected all court-issued laptops and cell phones from people who had access to the draft opinion, but found no relevant information from these devices. The report also said that the inquiry found nothing relevant in call and text logs and billing records from cell phones. While the report said that all employees who were requested to do so voluntarily provided such logs, it did not say how extensive those requests were. It cited significant technical limitations. For example, while investigators could examine logs 
of when the draft was printed out on network printers, 46 printers in the building turned out to be attached only to local computers and so generated no network log. In their own local memory, those printers only saved a log of the previous 60 documents they had printed, the report said. But despite those limitations, the report also said that investigators did not believe that outside hackers were responsible for extracting a copy of the Dobbs opinion from the Supreme Court's network. It is unlikely that the public disclosure was caused by a hack of the court's IT system. Court's IT department did not find any indications of a hack but continues to monitor and audit the system for any indicators of compromise or intrusion into the court's IT infrastructure. The leak frayed relations among the justices. Justice Clarence Thomas likened it to an infidelity. Justice Samuel A. Alito, Jr., the author of the opinion, said the disclosure endangered the lives of the justices in the majority. When the court issued its decision overturning Roe v. Wade in June, the draft opinion was essentially unchanged. When Chief Justice Robert assigned Ms. Curley to oversee the investigation, there were questions about whether she had the requisite expertise and resources to handle it. She is a former national security lawyer for the Army whose office of about 260 employees primarily provides physical security for the justices and the court building. Chief Justice Roberts also asked Michael Chertoff, a former top federal prosecutor, appeals court judge and secretary of the Department of Homeland Security to independently access the thoroughness of Ms. Curley's investigation. Court released a one-page statement from him saying he could not identify any additional steps investigators should have taken. So we thank the righteous judge for his adjudications and uncovering of the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth by the spirit of truth in Jesus' name. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning a situation from a mom member. Father God, I ask for swift justice for the murderers of my nephew and his wife while they slept. I bind the killers in the mighty name of Jesus. And the scriptures are listed. Matthew 18, 18 through 20. Matthew 10, 26. Mark 4, 22. Luke 8, 17. John 8, 32. And Exodus 20, 13. And there's probably a scripture or two we could add to that. Amen. Because God is truly the revealer of secrets. We want to thank him for his adjudications in that situation. In Jesus' name. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning violent Antifa protectors are calling for a night of rage, which would be tonight, against police officers after a raid of Cop City dead and a state trooper injured. Georgia State Patrol troopers swooped on the autonomous zone at the site of the future, 
$90 million Atlanta Public Safety Training Center in a clearing operation on Wednesday. Left-wing groups used Twitter to fundraise bail for suspects after another six were arrested in August, charged with various crimes from burglary to criminal damage. Members of the group tried to burn a man to death after he drove into the area and was forced to run for his life after they torched it with him still in it. After their members were arrested, the Defend the Atlanta Forest Group held a protest outside of DeKalb County Jail and let off explosive fireworks. In a press conference, Georgia Bureau of Investigations Director Michael Register confirmed that the shooting was in self-defense with the protester opening fire without warning at the trooper. But activists are now calling for a night of rage and bloodshed against the police following the shooting, threatening to enact reciprocal violence against the authorities. In a statement posted on social media, the scenes from the Atlanta Forest account said, Taliation. Consider this a call for reciprocal violence to be done to the police and their allies. On Friday, January 20th, wherever you are, you are invited to participate in a night of rage in order to honor the memory of our fallen comrade. The protesters who call themselves forest defenders are claiming that the police have murdered one of their own and are demanding action. In several posts sweeping social media, they claim that the police are lying and refusing to release body cam footage of the incident. They are also angrily rejecting claims that the, profess- that the protester who was killed shot at police first and even claim that the trooper was shot in friendly fire. In a statement, the Defend Atlanta Forest said, Forest defenders on the ground say they heard a round of 12 shots fired all at once around 9.04 a.m. this morning. This contradicts the back-and-forth shooting story pushed by police. We have reason to believe the officer shot today was hit by friendly fire and not by the protester who was killed. Do not believe the the police and their media. Demand an end to police militarization and hands off the force. The police will kill you if given the chance. Now is the time for bravery. Take care of each other. Be dangerous. The Atlanta Solidarity Fund added, this morning Georgia State Police officers killed a protester in the South Atlanta forest. GSP uh, has not released body camera footage or meaningful details. And we are concerned a police cover-up could be underway. We are preparing a legal team to investigate and pursue a wrongful death suit. Police are preparing for a night of bloody violence following the incident, with dozens of protesters taking to the streets across the country in response to the shooting. The state trooper was wearing a bulletproof vest when he was shot in the abdomen on Wednesday morning and is in a stable condition after undergoing surgery. 
A GBI spokesman said in a statement about 9 a.m. on Wednesday, as law enforcement was moving through the property, officers located a man inside a tent in the woods. Officers gave verbal commands to the man who did not comply and shot a Georgia State Patrol trooper. Other law enforcement officers returned fire hitting the man. Law enforcement evacuated the trooper to a safe area. The man died on the scene. The injured state, Georgia State Patrol trooper was taken to a local hospital and underwent surgery. A handgun and shell casings were located at the scene. The GBI is working the officer-involved shooting, and the investigation is still active and ongoing. Four of the protesters were arrested at the scene and taken to DeKalb County Jail, where they have been charged with domestic terrorism and aggravated assault on a public safety officer. Matthew McCarr, Spencer Bernard Liberto, Sarah Wallace, Wallace, whatever her name, Uh and a John Doe have all been arrested in connection with the incident. The dead protester and the state trooper are also not being identified by authorities. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp also commented on the shooting and said he and his family were praying for law enforcement officers. He said, Marty, the girls and I are praying for this brave trooper and public safety officers across all law enforcement agencies today. And we are praying for the family and friends of whoever the deceased is in the name of Jesus Christ as well. Some anonymous members of the Atlanta Forest Defenders appeared in an Open Society Foundation-sponsored story about the autonomous zone in The Guardian. George Soros is the chairman of the Open Society Foundation and has given away more than $32 billion of his personal fortune to fund the group. Soros is one of the world's best-known philanthropists and is also known for funding many of the woke district attorneys whose policies have been blamed for soaring violent crime across the U.S. In May, eight militants were arrested after police patrolling the land were assaulted and pelted with rocks and Molotov cocktails. Five people were arrested on December 13 for allegedly plotting terror attacks at the soon-to-be police academy. Serena Hurtle, 25, of California, Leonard Boisel, Boisel, 20, of Macon, Georgia, Nicholas Dean Olson, 25, of Bennington, Nebraska, Francis M. Carroll, 22, of Kennebunkport, Maine, and Arian Robinson, 21, of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, were arrested. Carroll is the son of surgeon Dr. Mike Carroll and grew up in a $2 million, five-bedroom, and four-bath mansion in Kennebunkport, as well as enjoying time on his parents' yacht. Not that that matters, I don't think. The Atlanta Jail Support, a project of the Atlanta Solidarity Fund also issued calls to fundraise bail money for the terror suspects using Twitter. 
Convictions of domestic terrorism carry with it sentences of anywhere between five and 35 years in prison. And we thank the righteous judge for his adjudications in that matter and for the truth coming forth. Amen. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. While the world was busy watching the collapse of crypto exchange FTX, the U.S. Federal Reserve System made an important move. Speaking at the Singapore FinTech Festival on November 4th, a senior official from the New York Federal Reserve surprised many in the audience by announcing that for the past several months, the New York Fed has been developing a wholesale central bank digital currency designed to speed up transfers between banks around the world. For those who thought the United States was behind in the digital currency space race, the news was welcome. In a subsequent project, Project Cedar, the New York Fed explained that it has already completed stage one of testing and proved that international currency transactions could be done both quickly and safely through the blockchain. But buried in the technical details was a revealing line on the ambitions of the project. The goal of the new network is to reduce settlement risk in cross-border, cross-currency transactions. The message, we see what the world is doing on CBDCs, and the United States is not going to be left behind. According to new Atlantic Council research, the United States, thanks to Project Cedar, has moved into development of a central bank digital currency, a central bank digital currency, and joined its colleagues at the European Central Bank, the Bank of Japan, and the Bank of England in making the leap forward. All of these jurisdictions have different projects. Some, such as the United States, are focused on wholesale, while others, such as the Eurozone, are hard at work on retail digital currency that could be used to buy an espresso. Many of these central banks, including the Fed, have not actually decided to issue a CBDC. For that, most of the central banks will need legislative approval, and there are major, major privacy and cybersecurity challenges to address before most Americans will up, open up their phones and use the digital dollar. But over a span of two years, the world's leading central banks have gone from skeptical to serious about a government form of digital currency. When the Atlantic Council's Geoeconomic Center began this project in 2020, 35 central banks were exploring a CBDC, as today that number is 114. The motivations vary in each economy, but there are some common themes. The first is the pandemic, or more specifically, the lessons learned from it. At the height of COVID-19, many countries, including the United States, discovered how antiquated their financial plumbing was. The distribution of stimulus checks that could have taken hours sometimes took weeks. As the global economy likely heads into a recession in 2023, the need to improve delivery of money to citizens is paramount for policymakers. 
The second is crypto. The FTSX debacle is just the latest and largest in a string of prominent crypto failures. Finance ministries and legislatures around the world are trying to figure out rules that can help rein in the worst actors in the field. But while the regulators get to work, central bankers don't want to sit on the sidelines. Cryptocurrencies and stable coins are being used all over the world. In India, for example, nearly 10% of the population now owns or is planning to invest in cryptocurrency. And the United States is closer to 13%. Central bankers are concerned about losing monetary sovereignty and becoming blind to what is happening inside their own economies. They see a central bank digital currency as a way to evolve and compete in this changing landscape. The final motivation is geopolitical. Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In the 10 months since Russia's invasion, the Geoeconomic Center research has shown that interest in wholesale central bank digital currency has nearly doubled. A range of countries, including China, India, Indonesia, South Korea, and Brazil, are pursuing this new technology. So what does a land war in Europe have to do with the future of finance? When the United States and group of seven G7 responded to Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion, they did so not with direct military engagement, but with the most sweeping set of financial sanctions ever levied against a major economy. The West froze Russian reserves, cut Russian banks off the SWIFT payment messaging system, and slapped over 6,500 individuals with sanctions, and the rest of the world took notice. In conversations we have had with central bankers, it was clear that financial sanctions made several countries think differently about the dollar. Suddenly, the possibility that any country on the G7's bad side could be cut off from the ability to transfer funds between banks became very real. The logical move for many countries was to develop a backup plan. That's where central bank digital currencies come in. The dollar is involved in approximately 88% of all foreign exchange transactions. That dominance comes in part from the fact that the dollar is a stable liquid asset in demand by nearly every central bank and financial institution. But only 60% of official Cross-border contracts are actually denominated in dollars. That's because even when countries aren't settling in dollars, they still use it as a trusted intermediary between other currencies. Sometimes international transactions can take days to finalize. So having the dollar as the agreed-upon conversion helps both parties manage risk and reduce costs. Technologies such as CBDCs that allow countries and their commercial banks to settle currency across borders almost instantly are changing the nature of cross-border flows of money. Last month, Hong Kong, China, Thailand, and the United Arab Emirates showed what settlements may look like in the future when they completed $22 million in cross-border transactions on the blockchain in the first successful test of its kind. 
suddenly the United States could see the future arriving faster than it previously anticipated. If countries could settle currencies between themselves without touching the dollar, they could significantly soften the bite of sanctions. While debates about crypto legislation and central bank digital currencies have been playing out on Capitol Hill for years, up until now, little concrete action has been taken. The speed of finance is faster than the legislative, legislative imagination of Congress. With Project Cedar, the New York Fed is showing what is possible when the world's largest financial market uses state-of-the-art technology to try to improve financial flows across the world. The announcement, of course, was just the first step. More testing will be done over the next six months, and it will likely be a year before any real money is settled on a U.S. central bank digital currency network. But the signal from the New York Fed was clear. If you are a country considering developing a CBDC, you have a new model to pay attention to, the United States. We want to thank the righteous judge for his uh, adjudications in this matter. And we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning before COVID, four types of pneumonia added together were the highest cause of death in the UK. In a newly implemented medical examiner system, medical examiner system to certify death, the medical examiner was certifying all types of pneumonia death as COVID-19 death. A former director of end-of-life care has said. Now think. Uh, this is a very lengthy uh uh, description of what took place, and I'm only going to read portions of it. The other portions you will need to read for your, amen, praise the Lord. Now, I want to preface uh, these remarks and this information by saying this. The first time that I heard about something like this, was from Alex Jones. He warned us that they were labeling deaths that were not COVID-related as COVID-19 deaths. Okay? I took that into consideration. Then at a social gathering with some friends of mine who are all Christian, I was informed, the mother of two of my friends, and I knew the mother, I had passed away. And she had several disease states in her body that would have been the cause of death, far more so than COVID. And she's had those disease states for many years, and she didn't go anywhere. In fact, she did not leave until she and the Lord determined it was time for her to go. She was finally ready to go. She wasn't so sick she couldn't get around because before that I'd seen her at another uh, social gathering. Um, <laughs> what happened was 
that when she finally passed, all of the other ailments that she had were listed. But then they suddenly added to it COVID-19. You see, they were paid more money. The hospitals were paid more money for COVID-19 deaths. So you have a situation where um, the medical examiner system that we're about to explore labeled deaths that were not COVID-19 as COVID-19 in order to receive greater remuneration. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I appreciate you. On Saturday, Cy, a former NHS director of End of Life Care, wrote a Twitter thread which, amongst other things, gave a personal account of the changes to the system of reporting deaths implemented in the NHS. When four different diseases are grouped and now being called COVID-19, you will inevitably see COVID-19 with a huge death rate. The mainstream media was reporting on this huge increase in COVID-19 deaths due to the medical examiner system being in place. Patients being admitted and dying with very common conditions such as old age, myocardial infarction, end-stage kidney, end-stage kidney failure, hemorrhages, strokes, COPD, and cancer, etc., were all now being certified as COVID-19 via the medical examiner system. Hospitals were switching to and from the medical examiner system and the pre-pandemic system as and when they please. When COVID-19 deaths needed to be increased, the hospital would switch to the medical examiner system. In addition, hospitals were incentivized to report COVID-19 deaths over normal deaths as the government was paying hospitals additional money for every COVID-19 death that was being reported, Sy said. I have no doubt in my mind that the government has planned the entire pandemic since 2016 when they first proposed the change to medical death certification. In 2016, the British government proposed and piloted a change to the process of how deaths were certified across all hospitals in the UK. Uh, he's, he's talking about a link that we don't have. Anyway, to a Department of Health uh, article. In May 20, the DOH docu- document proposed a switch to the medical examiner ME system and was sent to a number of different audiences for feedback and consultation. The ME system was already being piloted at two hospitals up north. Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, the death certification process involved treating doctors of a patient to attend bereavement services slash patient affairs to discuss the death and either A, refer the death to the coroner, 
or B, write a medical certificate of cause of death. The medical certificate cause of death states the cause of death, whereby a direct cause or contributing causes are stated along with comorbidities, not directly causing the death, being written in or on the MCCD. The MCCD is only ever a probable cause of death. It is not definitive. The only definitive way of determining an accurate and plausible cause of death is to refer the deceased patient to the H.M. coroner if certain criteria are met. For H.M. coroner to accept and take on the case resulting in a post-mortem being conducted by a histopathologist. When a death is seen as natural and there is nothing untoward, the MCCD is written by the treating doctor of a deceased patient. Usually this is a F1, F2, SHO, or registrar that attends. It is rare for a treating consultant to attend, but they will finalize the cause of death. A strict hospital hierarchy exists within the NHS for doctors. It is as follows, from the lowest to the highest ranking. Foundational year, foundation year two, senior house officer, registrar, consultant, clinical lead, medical doctor. The junior doctors will very rarely speak up or challenge their seniors. A senior decision is seen as final and it will be carried out and executed without any hesitance or questioning. In my five and a half years of experience in end-of-life care, I have only ever seen one junior doctor disagree with a proposed cause of death and challenge their consultant. With the number of deaths that occur in a hospital, as you can imagine, there is a great deal of variation with regards to cause of death as we have numerous different doctors writing an MCCD and coming up with various different potential diseases in different orders. The proposed ME system, medical examiner system, would change this, as the government would now hire and pay one medical examiner to sit in every hospital and write all MCCDs for all deceased patients. This would effectively eliminate any variation in causes of death. In 2016, when I heard of this proposal, I worked as a bereavement officer at a hospital in central London. My mentor line manager at the time was a former chief nurse who managed bereavement services and all hospital deaths would be controlled by her and the department. We essentially carried a huge amount of power with regard to decision-making as we could go through all patient notes following the death of a patient and essentially guide and advise doctors on what would need to be written with regards to an MCCD or coroner's referral. In my personal opinion, our role was to sit on the fence and act in the best interest of a deceased patient and their families but also protect the hospital and our doctors from any potential negligence. 
As you can imagine, many battles were fought over decisions about a cause of death of a patient or a referral to the coroner with a vast number of doctors over the years. F2s and SHOs were particularly the worst with regards to caring and arrogance of knowing what should be written on an MCCD or stating that a patient didn't need to be referred to the coroner, often stating that their consultant had given them instructions. It was worth noting that consultants are also only human and can be incorrect at times too. We have to remember that they are succeeded in hierarchy by a clinical lead and beyond that a medical director who have far more experience and knowledge. When I asked my mentor in 2016 how the ME system would change things, I was told that bereavement patients patient affairs would become purely administrative and that the clinical judgment would fall to the medical examiner. The power and decision-making with regards to MCCD coroner's referrals were being taken away, not only from treating doctors, but also from bereavement services, patient affairs, bereavement officers, bereavement service managers, directors of the end-of-life care. This decision-making power was being handed solely to the medical examiner who has not been involved in the treatment of a patient during an admission. I took all this information in at the time and acquired as much knowledge as I could from my mentor line manager. In 2016, I also happened to make a move and take up an opportunity to manage my own bereavement services at one of the largest hospital trusts in the whole of UK. On average, I would oversee MCCD coroner referrals for approximately 1,750 deaths on an annual basis. I developed a very close working relationship and friendship with one of the medical doctors, a doctor with the highest ranking in the hospital. This was especially helpful when having to challenge doctors with regard to MCCD's coroner's referrals. Progressing to director end-of-life care, I became involved with the reporting of mortality rates, conducting mortality reviews, and writing hospital policies. I had also developed an excellent working relationship with the HM coroner who oversaw our trust. HM coroner holds the power to investigate any hospital or trust with regard to a death or a number of deaths. A slight problem may cause may arise in that H.M. coroner has an allegiance to the Crown and the government. When a death is reported to the coroner, this was previously reported via telephone call by the treating doctor. A discussion was had with the coroner's office, and a direct outcome and instruction would come from the coroner's office by way of the H.M. coroner via a phone call. There is a fundamental flaw in this system as there is no documentation of the decision and instruction from the coroner. comes via word of mouth. There is always room for error without any electronic documentation. Every hospital trust and HM coroner will have a different system of reporting deaths. I personally made a decision to safeguard my hospital and the trust by developing an electronic coroner's referral form which I proposed to our coroner and developed after their agreement. We now had documentation of every death being reported and every outcome. When reporting a death, the coroner will look at a proposed cause of death 
and accepted or reject the cause of death and take on the case, death of the patient, leading to an inquest or a PM. In 2019, our medical director came into my office one morning and stated that the board of directors at the hospital had made a decision to switch to the medical examiner system. Hearing the words ME system was a massive case of deja vu. I knew exactly what the ME system was, but I chose instead to play the fool and inquire what exactly the ME system was and what it meant for our service, my staff, and our role. Everything the medical director mentioned to me that day was a carbon copy of what I already knew. I knew that my time in end-of-life care had come to an end. I reached the top, and there was no more progress for me. Losing all power and decision-making to any ME coming into the hospital did not appeal to me. And I'd already made up my mind that I needed to leave, okay? I'm going to skip part of this, and you get to read that on your own. Hospital policies were were changed alongside the implementation of medical examiner systems to ensure that any patient who died within 30 days of a positive test would have to have COVID-19 as their primary cause of death. Death, this was regulated by the medical examiner. The highest cause of death at every hospital per annum pre-COVID-19 is pneumonia. Pneumonia is a respiratory disease like COVID-19. Pneumonia can be broken down into four different causes of death, bronchopneumonia, aspiration pneumonia, community-acquired pneumonia, and hospital-acquired pneumonia. These four cases, when added together, kill the largest number of people on an annual basis prior to the pandemic. The medical examiner, the one in each hospital, was certifying all these pneumonia deaths as COVID-19 deaths. When four different diseases are grouped and now being called COVID-19, you will inevitably see COVID-19 with a huge death rate. The mainstream media was reporting on this huge increase in COVID-19 deaths due to the medical examiner system being in place. Patients being admitted and dying with very common conditions, such as old age, myocardial infarct, and cancer, etc., were all now being certified as COVID-19 via the medical examiner system. Hospitals were switching to and from the medical examiner system and the pre-pandemic system as and when they pleased. When COVID-19 deaths needed to be increased, the hospital was switched to the medical examiner system. Doctors were one week being told they needed to complete a MCCD to then be told the following week that they weren't required to fill out a MCCD as the medical examiner was handling this. Hospitals were incentivizing to report COVID-19 deaths over normal deaths, as the government was paying hospitals additional money for every COVID-19 death that was being reported. The medical examiner system ensured that COVID-19 was being put down as the cause of death. The government sends out the annual NHS budget to primary care trusts. This is split to fund hospitals and GP surgeries. A clinical coding system at each hospital will assign codes to each treatment or death so that the money is paid out to the hospitals. Any doctor who argued against COVID-19 as cause of death 
was bullied and vilified. The General Medical Council maintains a register of all doctors within the UK. This ensures that there is a fear of being struck off for speaking out against an agenda. The GMC effectively controls all doctors in the UK, even if a doctor realizes what is going on and wants to speak out. They will think twice about talking. They would be risking their entire career and everything they've worked so hard for. Doctors essentially have had their hands tied. Many have families, kids, mortgages, and mouths to feed. If I was in their situation... If I was in their situation, I would think twice about speaking out for fear of being struck off by the GMC and losing everything. The NHS Track and Trace app, which was introduced to try to control the spread of the virus, did not apply to medical professionals. We were all asked to turn this off as doctors and staff Isolating for 14 days disrupted patient flow, beds, and discharge of patients. Any doctor that I spoke to regarded taking, regarding taking the COVID-19 were insistent that they were going to wait for a period of time before taking it in cell, themselves to ensure that it was safe. How is it ethical to give a vaccine to your patient but not want to take it yourself? In my 12 years of NHS service, never has a doctor pushed or influenced the public to take a vaccine. Yet on social media, I was seeing close friends who were doctors starting to post on social media that they have taken the vaccine and that the public should. I wouldn't be surprised if doctors were being forced to promote the vaccine by their superiors or if they were receiving monetary gain in doing so. I have no doubt in my mind that the governor government has planned the entire pandemic since 2016 when they first proposed the change to medical death certification. Stress leads to disease and illness. Panic leads people following whatever orders and instructions are given them by authority. Prolonged mask use, which leads to an increase in admissions into the NHS system due to hypoxia and bacterial pneumonia. The NHS treatment pathway involves patients being placed onto ventilators. There is a 50% chance of death from this clinical decision alone. How many innocent people have died from the clinical decision to place them on a ventilator? During board rounds where every admitted patient is discussed, we, see, we were seeing patients on a daily basis being admitted due to suffering from adverse effects of taking the vaccine. Patients were blacking out after taking the vaccine or suffering from clots or strokes. The NHS is all about money and making money. The safety of a patient didn't seem like the most important thing. It was more about how do we make more beds available so that another patient can be treated. Patients with no next of kin are discharged to nursing homes with care packages. I can't comment on what happened to these patients in nursing homes during the pandemic as I have no experience of their inner working. Patients are seen as money, even upon death. Hospitals receive money for each death. Is there an actual concern for patient health and safety? I know numerous doctors who are driven primarily by money and monetary gain. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. I'm going to try to fly through here. Time and time again throughout 2021, Dr. Anthony Fossey stood on, at the podium 
the bright lights of the cameras blinding him as he faced the nation. With a steady hand, he held up a vial of Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine, promising it would be the key to promoting America and its children from the deadly COVID-19 disease supposedly ravaging the country. But little did the public know the truth about the COVID vaccine's safety had been buried deep within Fauci's own lies and deceit and confidential U.S. government and Pfizer documents. Fauci used propaganda, lies, and manipulation to coerce parents into getting their children vaccinated. But the weight of the lives lost has quickly come crashing down on him and the nation as a Sikh as a secret Centers for Disease Control report has revealed that nearly half a million children and young adults died within a year of his fatal announcement, with over 118,000 of those deaths suspected to be due to the COVID-19 vaccine's dangerous side effects. The CDC report should spark widespread out rage and be on the front page of every single major newspaper. But instead, it has been and will continue to be met with a deafening silence. Despite the staggering death toll, the report will be buried and swept under the carpet. The mainstream media consumed with working overtime to distract the public with propaganda on the war in Ukraine, alleged climate change, and the cost of living crisis has paid and will pay no attention to the devastating consequences of Dr. Anthony Fauci's deception. The public will continue to be kept in the dark, and the U.S. government will move quickly to cover up its own involvement in the tragedy. With Dr. Fauci quietly announcing his retirement in August 2022, it's all business as usual and simply just another day at the office. But it is also a shocking failure of transparency and accountability, and the people of the United States should be forever haunted by the lives lost due to the COVID-19 vaccine scandal. Compared to other countries, the U.S. government has been terrible at publishing relevant and up-to-date data, allowing us to analyze the consequences of rolling out the COVID-19 injections. However, we have finally managed to stumble upon it thanks to an institution known as the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. The OEC is an intergovernmental organization with 38 member countries founded in 1961 to stimulate economic progress and world trade, and for some reason they host a wealth of data on excess deaths. Okay, never mind. The following chart that we can't see has been created using the figures found in the OEC database. Figures that have been proven to the OEC by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, and it shows excess deaths among children and young adults aged 0 to 44 across the USA by week in 2020 and 2021. You all going to end up having to read some of this on your own. Amen. Okay, let me see if I can get this to, to go up here. Okay. Where did I stop, Lord? Okay. All right. The official figures revealed there there was a slight increase in excess deaths among children and young adults and young adults when the alleged COVID nineteen pandemic hit the US in their in early twenty twenty. However, with the introduction of a COVID nineteen injection, 
one would have expected deaths to have fallen slightly significantly among the age group in 2021, but instead the opposite happened. Excess deaths among children and young adults were significantly higher every single week in 2021 than they were in 2020 except for weeks 29 and 30. But then in week 31, something drastic happened to cause excess deaths to rise significantly among children and young adults. And the official figures provided by the CDC unfortunately show that trend has continued in 2022. The most recent data released by the CDC covers up to week 40, the week ending October 9th, and it should be noted that the last few weeks of the data are subject to change. But as you can see from above that you can't see, uh, 2022 has also been a significant year for excess deaths among children and young adults. Just for comparison, here's how the figures for 2022 so far compared to the figures up to week 40 in 2022 and 21. The CDC has confirmed that there have been 7,680 more excess deaths and young adults in 2022 so far than there were during the same time frame in 2020 at the height of the alleged COVID-19 pandemic. In year 2021 was by far the worst however, with 27,227 more excess deaths by week 40 following the rollout of the COVID-19 injection than what has occurred in 2020 at the height of the alleged COVID-19 pandemic. The following chart that none of us can see shows the official CDC figures for all deaths and excess deaths among children and young adults across the USA prior to the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine and after the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines on 14th of December 2020. The above figures reveal that the year 2022 so far has only seen 1,352 fewer excess deaths among 0 to 44-year-olds by week 40 than what occurred by week 51 in 2022. Despite the year 2020 being the alleged height of the COVID-19 pandemic and also including an extra level 11 weeks worth of deaths. But the most concerning figures revealed in the above chart are the overall number of deaths and excess deaths among children and young adults since the rollout of the COVID-19 injections, nearly half a million people aged 0 to 44 sadly died since week 51 of 2020. And this has resulted in an astounding 117,719 excess deaths against the 2015 to 2019 five-year average. The average life expectancy in the USA as of 2020 was 77.28 years. If we are to believe the official narrative that COVID-19 is a deadly disease, then we would could perhaps agree that 2,300, 2,031, 987 children and young adults up to the age of 44 dying in 2020, resulting in 1,365 excess deaths was an unfortunate consequence of, of this disease. But if we are to believe the official narrative that COVID-19 injections are safe and effective, then how can one explain the future increase in death among children and young adults in both 2021 and 22? Because we know millions of Americans were coerced into getting the injections, and we know millions of parents were coerced into forcing their children also to get the same injection. The answer lies in the fact that the official narrative is an out right 
lie. The COVID-19 vaccines are neither. The data provided by the CDC, which has been incredibly hard to find, only gives us clues as to this being the case with so many deaths among young Americans. But further data published by the UK government confirms it. Okay, I'm going to skip part so I can get to the end because we need to pray. The all-cause death mortality rate equates to 6.39 per 100,000 person years among unvaccinated children and is ever so slightly higher at 6.48 among partially vaccinated children. However, the rate goes from bad to worse following the administration of each injection. The all-cause death mortality rate equates to 97.28 among double-vaccinated children and a shocking 289.02 per 100,000 person years among triple-vaccinated children. This means, according to the U.K. government's own official data, double-vaccinated children are 1,422% as opposed to 15.22 times more likely to die of any cause than unvaccinated children, whilst triple vaccinated children are 4,422, 23% versus 45.23 and 45.23 times more likely to die of any cause than unvaccinated children. The figures provided by the Office for the National Statistics standardized and rates per 100,000 population. Therefore, they are definitive proof that the COVID-19 injections increase a person's risk of dying. This means the COVID-19 injections have been and are continuing to kill people. This is why it should come as no surprise to find that a secret CDC report confirms half a million American children and young adults have died following the COVID-19 vaccine rollout, resulting in nearly 118,000 excess deaths against the 215-2019 five-year average. If happy endings existed in the real world, then this nightmare would end with Dr. Anthony Fossey sitting alone in his prison cell the weight of his actions weighing heavenly on his mind, not being able to do anything but think of the innocent lives lost because of his deceit. He has been hailed as a hero, even a savior, but he is nothing more than a monster who sacrificed the safety and lives of America's children for his own ambition and greed. He may have even thought he was doing the right thing. If you repeat a lie often enough, then eventually you may come to believe it. But in the end, his actions had dire consequences for the nation and in time, hopefully, for his own soul. (sighs) Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father, for the adjudications of the righteous judge concerning these matters. And I'm hoping that you all will go back and read the parts I was not able to read because we got to get on with the prayer part. Amen. Brother Marshall. Father God, we thank you 
He said, in everything give thanks. Well, Lord, it's pretty hard to give thanks at what's happening in some dire situations, Father God. But in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, why would that be, Father? You said the curse causes shall not come. So, Father, first of all, first and foremost, I, and for those of us who are still with us and able to do so, we take responsibility to repent, renounce every sin of omission, commission, every type of sin, Father God, including listening to lies. You warned us in your word in Mark chapter 4, take heed what you hear. But you also said in Mark chapter 4, you would expose the lies. You would expose what's done in secret, Father. So we thank you that you've been answering our prayers concerning that, Father God, not just from Mark chapter 4 and, and Matthew, Matthew chapter 10 and in Luke 12, 2 and elsewhere, Father God, in Jesus' name. We thank you for exposing the lies and all these different things that have been done, not just the United Kingdom, not just the United States. What is this, what is this about? Well, Pat Holiday, many, many years ago, told us about the Georgia Guidestones. I thought, well, that's an interesting little fluke. It has nothing really to do with us, does it? <laughs> Somebody paid a lot of money to put those stones there. They kind of looked like Stonehenge, you know, but they weren't. And they had a little plan of the enemy. They put it in stone. They printed right out there. Why would they do that? Who, who are these people? The person who supposedly put them there, was his name was Christian, of course, that's to, to malign the people who believe in Jesus. But he, I don't think that person was a Christian. I think that person was somebody who was a mouthpiece for Satan. To say they planned to bring the world's population down from whatever it was then, and it's been recently close to, was it, 8 billion people, down to half a, half a billion people. All that, 7.5 billion people plus, being it scrubbed from the earth. Well, why would they want to do that? Because Satan, Jesus tells us, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So it wasn't just about the COVID business, Father God. It wasn't just the vaccine. It was, all these different things, all these different things that Pastor Sabrina has just read through and, and referred to as best she could, and all the things that have been done, all the lies and all the subterfuge and all the things being done by the social media, by the people who are uh, supposedly working uh, to uphold the law at the uh, Supreme Court, which Stein finally came around to start doing some of the things they're supposed to do. And we thank you for that. I thank you for the Roe versus Wade being kicked back to the states. I think that was a lovely thing, Father God. It was probably the result of a lot of people praying. Father God, we saw over and over again in the Old Testament when the Israelites followed other gods other than the true God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You didn't like that. In fact, that's the first of the Ten Commandments. You'll have no other gods before me, it says in, in Exodus chapter 20 and in, in, in Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 5. That's the first of the Ten Commandments. No other gods before me. You can't make up your own god. I, I was reading one of Pat Holliday's books about how um, Oprah Winfrey came up with her own New Age god because she didn't like the god of the Bible. So she... She thinks there's many ways to heaven. Oh, except the Christian way, because that can't be right, because the demons that are jerking her around, maybe they're not, maybe they are. I don't want to blind any human being. You're not supposed to speak ill of anyone we heard about in, in Titus, chapter 3. But it's pretty hard. Some of these people, we don't really know if they are human beings, Father God, because they may be just mouthpieces or whatever for Satan, Father God. But, Father God, we ask you to bring every one of these situations to, into the light and expose why the, the, the things were released 
about the Supreme Court's decision ahead of time. But we know you're in charge. You really are in charge. And the people make up their own little minds and they speak out their own little things. Sometimes they're controlled by, what did you tell us, by ungodly fear. Some people got the injection because, well, if you don't get it, you might die. But you say, if we try to save our lives, we'll lose it. <laughs> you warned us, not just once. Many places, not just John chapter 12. If you try to save your life, you could lose it. Especially if you try to do it looking to someone other than the Creator, other than looking to your plans. And you warned us over and over and over again not to trust in man, because man has been known to be, and that includes yours truly, I have not been, I was not born righteous. I was born like every other person with failings and shortcomings and listening to different voices. But you warned us in your word in Psalm 118, verses 8 and 9, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Well, we can trust the Supreme Court, can't we? But we can trust our doctor, can't we? We can trust the, the government officials like the CDC, can't we? It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Even those people who exalt themselves, like the Pharisees did, when they maligned all those common people because they wanted to do things that, that weren't in line with what they thought was right. And there's some religious leaders that think they've got it all figured out. In fact, they want to big, bring people into a new world religion. And maybe that's what's behind a lot of this stuff. Have people bow down and worship a false god. Because Satan is very, very concerned about where he's going to spend eternity. He knows the book. He knows he's going to Lake of Fire. And he is still confident. He is absolutely mind-blinded, maybe like Fauci was. He's absolutely mind-blinded, controlled by pride and rage and anger. And he thinks that he can maybe not get there. Maybe he can or at least drag a whole ton of people with him into the lake of fire. But, Father, you warned us about what's coming. You warned us about this, and you told us if my people, which are called by my name, are we called by the name of the Lord? Are you called Christian? Some pastors don't want to be called Christian. They want to call believers because some people called Christians do some really awful things. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, you can't be puffed up like Satan anymore. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, not just the face of Fauci, not just the face of Biden or Trump or whoever the latest, greatest person seems to be. I'm not saying Trump is all bad. I'm not saying Biden is all bad. Maybe there's something. I don't know. I have no idea. Father God, you see, if my people shall call by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Marshall turns from his wicked ways of procrastination and selfishness and taking anxious thought for tomorrow. Turn from their wicked ways. Then get to actually genuinely repent and stop doing the wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land, including getting rid of the murmuring and complaining thing, too. doesn't seem like a really horrific one, but... It's pretty hard to rejoice in the Lord always and, and murmur and complain at the same time. Maybe that's why he told us that's for our safety in the beginning of Philippians 3. This is for our safety if we will rejoice. If we want to be safe from the devil, we better be counting our blessings instead of counting our, you know, well, this is terrible. So having food and raiment, let's be there with content. Most of us have had something to eat in the last day or two or maybe three. Not everybody in the world, but some people have had. 
But Father God, many people in harm's way right now, many people in harm's way, Father God, from the medical tyranny, from the idolatry of worshiping man and his plans to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, pretended to be for our benefit, of course. Like the, the new government central digital currency business, uh, CBD's, whatever it's called, Central Bank Digital Currency. Father God, what is that for? Why, did, why, was, why was crypto maligned? Because, oh, because the government didn't control crypto. And, and the, these people from the various central banks, they all desperately want to be what? In control. Kind of like, you know, people that serve Satan want to control, you know, the handlers want to control the people that have been controlled by the mind control spirits, you know, that listen to the little uh, trigger words and trigger tones to do what they tell them to do. I don't know how many from Antifa are controlled like that. Maybe some of them are. I don't know. But we ask for your righteous adjudication, Heavenly Father. We know, Father, you've given all power to the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, says in Matthew 28, 18, and that you've given him the authority to execute judgment, Father God, on the earth. And it's all according to what's written in your book. And there's some people who actually Christians don't know it's going to depend on what's written in your word about where they end up because it's written in John chapter 12, at the end of John chapter 12. And, but, Father, we know that you've given us the child. You've given us not just a regular child, your holy, holy son. Because you put his, your life. Is the father have life in himself? So does the son have life in himself. What kind of life does the father have, Father God have? He's eternal. He's always been. He will always be. This whole earth is going to change. The Father God remains the same. And he gave his son to have life in himself. What kind of life is that? He says, the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. He has the power of an endless life. He had power to lay down his life and power to take it up again. And that's how we overcome the accuser of the brethren, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. And you said in Isaiah 9, during verse 5, for every battle of the warrior, Jesus is a mighty warrior, every battle of the warriors with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. You're gonna, our God is a consuming fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end, because he can't die. He, di he did die. Jesus died. Father God can't die. God's eternal. But the Spirit, God's the Spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. The Spirit of God can never die. The Spirit of truth can never die. For the increase of His government and peace shall be, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we ask for your divine help in adjudication every one of these situations, Father God, in Jesus' name, including all those people. And you'll bring to light what's going on, not just the Supreme Court, not just these people trying to accuse the, all the uh, Georgia state troopers of doing terrible things. I'm not saying maybe some of them haven't done some bad things. But when they're being funded by a multi-billionaire, Father God, maybe a multi-trillion, I don't know, whatever George Soros is, with Antifa group to Father God, to, to camp out where the police barracks is being built or whatever it is in Georgia, you know, this is all planned. They've been trying desperately to bring about a civil war in this country. They want to turn one group against another, whatever it is. If, if, if you're the wrong color, you, sh you should be ashamed of yourself and go hide in a corner and go boo-hoo. Well, who created us whatever color we were born? Red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in your sight, Lord. You love every human being. 
You love people with different shaped eyes. You love people with different colored skin because you look at the heart. God only looks at the heart. That's what he told Samuel when he wanted to find the next king for Israel because the people demanded to have a king. And you said, but the God of Israel was their king. Why did they demand to have a king? Because they wanted to be just like all the other nations. Father, forgive us for wanting to be just like all the other nations. The United States was not supposed to be just like all the other nations. We're supposed to be one nation under the true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God, Father God, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to be one nation under the true God. I'm not saying other nations didn't have wonderful starts, and some of them did in Canada and New Zealand and Australia, but a lot of the people in these other nations are struggling, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for the Second Amendment. We thank you for the First Amendment, even though it's been trashed. We thank you for the Constitution, even though it's been totally ignored. And we ask you, Father God, to cause many, many people to stand up, not with, with revenge. You said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. We don't have to go along with the Antifa mindset of trying to get even with a police officer that think did something bad to them. We need to get right with you. Because you said, if we don't forgive everyone from our hearts, we can't make heaven. And none of us know when we're taking our last breath. None of us know when it's time to go home, wherever that is, Father God. But we know we're going to be judged by what you said in your book, even as you said, and you've given Jesus that power and authority to make the judgment in the earth, Father God. And you said in John chapter 5, Verse 22, for the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father. So, Father, will you want us to honor you? You want to say, Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be, honored, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. What's your kingdom like? Well, we are in charge. On earth as it is in heaven. What's in heaven? Does anybody die in heaven? Is anybody in pain in heaven? Nobody. So, Father, we ask for the...